0: How's it going, man? Good, man. You? Good. Far out. I put, I put a um, I put a shirt on because I thought I might be a video, but
1: oh well. Yeah. Time to take it back off. Yeah, topless Wednesday. It's fine. It's fine. I'll take back that shower as well. Far out. And, uh, you've got an alias name as well. What is fun for
0: you? <laughs> <laughs> Um sure. It was back in the days when I thought email was going to be a fad. Actually, uh, really, it turned out it wasn't a fad. That's
1: definitely the furthest thing from a fad right now. Ah, Awesome. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Yep, so we'll do a shout-out. So, obviously, we've got Denver from Denver and Lily joining us on our podcast um, this evening. So, Denver, obviously, your business specializes in, I guess, whiskey glasses, custom whiskey glasses, bourbon, um, obviously scotch. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got some travellers as well, which is hitting, well, doing some massive things on the market too. Mm-hmm. And I believe is your favourite, am I wrong? Well, correct, I should say.
0: I oh, don't know. Can you say you've got a favourite child? Like- well well i
1: have one so it's easy for me. <laughs> no, but um what would you i think it's your go-to though isn't it you can take it anywhere
0: yeah pretty much it's my um it's probably the one i use the most i guess traveling um, and distillery visits it's the best because whenever they use a valinch or um if punters don't know it's like that thing that they put into the barrel and they take yep. samples out um when they go around the room, they usually give everyone like a drink can or some sort of glass that they have there. But if I have my own traveller, they have no idea how much they put in. So they always put too much <laughs> and it's just awesome. You end up leaving there with like a, a pretty solid chunk of, like it's a mixed bag, but still like it's a chunk of whiskey.
1: Yeah, the infinity bottle. Eh?
0: The infinity bottle, exactly. You get your tour ticket, you pay for that, you get your drinks, and you get a take-home traveller like <laughs> and they have no idea, they have no idea, and nobody else does either. Like, it's awesome,
1: uh, wicked. So, man, you know, we obviously caught up at the um, the bushfire relief that you organized with um, a girl tasting whiskey, which was amazing. Oh, yeah. um, for, for those who don't know, I guess, Denver and Liley, when did the business start, and you know, how did it come about?
0: Um, so when it started, was uh. At... Summer of 2015, I believe. Um, It should say it on the container, actually. Give me one second. Yeah, 2015. Um, Yeah, so it started in 2015. And um, what was the other part of the question?
1: Well, how did you guys, I guess, come about, you know, this is what we're going to do. This is going to be our jam.
0: Um, Well, it just kind of happened. So, like, we did this design of a a whiskey glass and then – we just, like, did a 100 of it, and that was it. And then um, mm-hmm. it didn't – I don't think we really expected it to became, become what it did. Um, so there was an article that was in um, Broadsheet, which is like a um, a publication in Australia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, very popular. Yeah, very popular. One of my mates at the time was – and still is, actually. He's um, the publisher, so he, he kind of owned it with another guy that I kind of helped – um, them do some stuff with a installation, like right back when they started broadsheet. And so he said, "Oh yeah, we'll help you. We'll help you move a couple of glasses." And so then they mm-hmm. said, "Oh, we'll do an article for you." Uh, and now people like have to ask them to do articles, like they were <laughs> back then. They were asking for me, but um, and yeah, so did that. And then I um, went to lunch and came back, and um, one day, and I was building a website on Squarespace. Um, my first ever kind of full build of a website, and um, I put a hundred in there, and then I went to lunch, came back, and then I just sort of have a quick quick look at the um, the website, um, and there was zero stock in there. I was like, okay, obviously I fucked up. There was something wrong with <laughs> <laughs> something wrong with yeah. my, my build, which I thought, okay, fine, fine. I'll just try and work it out. And then um, later on, I had a look at my personal email, and on there there was like all of them had sold out and there was like 460-something inquiries um, on the glasses. And no, and those people hadn't actually tried it or they'd, all they'd seen is the photography and the photography was good, but no one had thought, and it was just before Christmas as well, so no one had thought like, oh, this is, they just thought it was like a good-looking glass and they could give it to somebody. So um, the thing is what happened was then a whole bunch of people bought it, the people that did get to buy it. And gave it to somebody that drank whiskey, and then the person that drank whiskey goes like, "Fuck, this thing actually works." Yeah. Um, and and that was the whole idea for us. Like, I didn't really care too much about how it looked, as long as it kind of went did, the, did job. the job really well. It's like a Formula One car. It's like form form follows function, and so <laughs> it's it looks that way because it's meant to go fast. But some people find beauty in that, um, and so um yeah so then we did another test in the january or february following like 10 times that size so a thousand glasses and the people that um had got those glasses were like just hankering for a second one and they would told a whole bunch of other people and then it sold out in like two weeks or something um well wow. and then it's just rolled on from there and it's been the gin glass and um what was after that bourbon and then travel. so where did the, where did you how did
2: you first come up with the shape
0: um, so I studied mechanical engineering and um, industrial design and Lyle, uh did industrial design and is now a product design engineer um, and it's basically, well, I, I was pretty hammered in uh, Myanmar um, <laughs> and like fluid dynamics and thermo and like all of that kind of stuff kind of like goes in your head after a while. Um, that mm. was kind of floating around in there and anyway. So I went away um, with another mate um, to Myanmar and um whiskey over there like a whole 700 mil bottle i think was like for the best one was like sub 10 australian dollars or something so um and he'd bought a glenn along so we thought oh, okay we'll just go half and half and then we ended up i think we ended up finishing both bottles before we left this particular accommodation that we were at um and the accommodation that we were at was on a lake so you couldn't really go anywhere except for like the main sort of hall building or whatever. Um, and so just like, that's all we did. So we just ended up just drinking a ton of whiskey, came back to the thing and then just started drawing. And I drew this particular shape. Um, and then like, just, it was absolutely hammered. And then got up the next day. I I can't remember in the afternoon or something like that. And, um, (laughs) and looked at the shape and thought, actually there's something to this. And this kind of rolled around for the next few days. And then I'm just like, um, I called Lyle or messaged him. I can't remember. And then, um, I said, man, there's something in this. And then, uh, and then he was just saying, "Oh, just get a prototype done, man. Like, if you if you really like, it's such a because it was such a massive departure from um, glasses at the time. Like, we just didn't really know. But like in my head, it kind of felt right because if you imagine, and you can't see this because it's a like a voice recording, but um, if you imagine a wine glass has got uh, concave sides, and you'll get circular airflow on the inside." If you change that concave to convex, you no longer have circular airflow, but you have a lot of air that comes in, a lot of air that comes out. So I was interested in the effect of that off the spirit surface or off the liquid surface. Um, And so in my head, I thought, I wonder what sort of effect this would have on the whiskey. But in my head, I was thinking like, a lot, a lot of people get, like, my mum or my sisters or my cousins or whatever or my friends, like, sometimes i will have a whiskey and they'll, like, go to smell it and then they get blown or, like, it's too much alcohol for them. Um, yep. And what was causing that in my head, and it, pro- it proved to be true, was, like, this layer of volatiles that sits at the top. And if you have this circular airflow, it never blows off. It just holds in there. Um, and so then you get this the first smell is a, is a bunch of alcohol. But the thing is, in wine, the alcohol is very low. So then it's mm-hmm. not really that much of an effect. But as we all know, like from drinking castor and whiskeys, that um, those whiskeys have a better transference of flavor because they have a higher alcohol. So then I thought, okay, if I can get, not change the alcohol that's in the liquid, but change the alcohol that's in the smell, you're going to smell more without smelling the alcohol, but also taste more. That because the alcohol's in the liquid, um and so then we did a prototype and and that seemed to work pretty well. Like, um and then we did another seven and we had a bit of help from uh, Balveni and Starwood. So um, they they were pretty interested wow. in the project. Um, and yeah, from there it just yeah it just went I guess reasonably yeah. okay. <laughs>
1: went gangbusters. So. Was it seven different prototypes or you made seven glasses? Because if you've done it on, I guess, one sketch, that's a pretty amazing effort. So was it seven different styles and you blended it to be this one? Um,
0: It was seven different, uh, not seven different styles. It was all variations on this one sketch. But like, for example, there is a glass. So the original sketch had this curve, the same top, but as it hits that hip line, Um, it was way more round instead of, like, cutting in. So it used to to go – and I I thought that would feel quite nice in the hand. I actually quite liked it. I still kind of quite like it. Um, But that – and then we did one that was kind of more cutting in, which Lily thought that one might work a bit better. And we did a few other bits and bobs, like, slightly taller and slightly shorter and a bit more open and that sort of gear, just to test, like, the smell and – across a whole bunch of different single malt whiskies, mainly barley based um, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, came up with this final design which everyone knows now but if you came to my house, you could probably try the other ones. But... <laughs> <laughs> Definitely.
2: And I think for me, look, I I um... I messaged you not long ago um, before I knew you were going to come on to come and have a chat with us. And for me, it arrived uh, – the glass arrived maybe a week yeah. or two ago. And the first thing was, how nicely it sits right into your palm. Yeah. I get the glass literally just – it's like it's built to sit in your palm first and it looks sleek. Yeah. Um, and it's inviting. And that smell, you're right. Mm-hmm. It does – um, knock off some of the uh, the alcohol and gives you the real fragrance of the whiskey, as opposed to the the pure punch of alcohol. Yeah,
0: well, the thing is, like, once you get to like, I guess, an enthusiast level, you're not drinking it just to get drunk, but you're drinking it because you've spent a lot of money on this. Like, you know, you've earned your hard earned during the week, and you've spent, you know, a, a, dropped a bunch of cash on a, on a bottle in, mm-hmm. in a lot of cases. And the idea is to get the most out of it. So it's like. You know, it's like just getting more value out of all of your kind of whiskies, essentially.
1: Absolutely, um, and I guess what we normally do, Deborah, is like we normally jump in and say, "What are you drinking?" And I think I heard a bottle, <laughs> no, whether it was Mason, right, or okay. you. <laughs> 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 what What are you drinking tonight? And um, give it a bit of an explanation. I okay.
0: Um, so, well, I guess it's not your everyday dram, but it's a um, Ardmore twenty year old. Um, Nice. Vintage. What does it say on there? Lingering vanilla sweetness, crisp, dry smoke notes. Um, unique double matured mar- marriage of Perthill ex bourbon and ex isla casks, and sitting at forty nine point three percent.
1: Beautiful. And it goes. Down uh, well. Yeah,
0: super super easy going Islay. So it's just like, ah, uh, how would you imagine it? I I see pretty much every whiskey from Isla should be a punk band. Um. Yes. And, and anything sort of like over 15, 18 years old, is like seeing an old punk band. You don't really want to see an old punk band. they are kind of like the energy is kind of gone from the room. But um, this one for me, tasting notes wise, and like you probably, I don't know if people have seen my tasting notes, but um, they're pretty whack. Um, but I guess this one for me just off the bat would be like, you know, like a really nice sort of lunch uh, in the Scottish countryside, rolling hills, and then there's like you can hear a punk band in the distance in their peak. So yeah, <laughs>
1: it's it's a random image. They're serenading <laughs> you in the yeah exactly. As opposed you to you know, it's there, face.
0: but it's like it's not quite there. But it's yeah, there's a punk band
2: and a nice lunch. Um, if you're gonna say then your your favourite. Um, or the best whiskey that you've ever tried what would it be
0: what's the best song you've ever heard
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> something from the beatles day in the nah. life
0: Oh, i can't i can't answer that question it all depends on how you're feeling what's happening in your life, it's the day your life. Well, what's the most memorable the most memorable whiskey i've ever had in my life <laughs> um um it is a tough question. I'd probably say oh man, I've had I've been I guess I've been lucky enough to have like quite a few um, amazing drams with some amazing people um I guess around the world. Um but the one the oh man, there's so many. But I, get, I think the most recent amazing dram that I had, I was up at um there's a retailer in the UK called Master Malt. And uh, I'm mm-hmm. made to the guy mm-hmm.
2: Just watch some of the videos today.
0: Oh, yeah. Today. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm, uh, I'm kind of mates with the head of whiskey there and the um, the other guy who's kind of head of retail. Um, and so, we're like, I've been mates with them for a long time, like right at the start of the company. Um, and this time I, I went up there to visit them, um, which is kind of like an hour out of London. And um, they let me just do a blend there, that any blend I wanted. And they would, at the time, they were going for a whole bunch of Australian barrels. So I, got, I had my input on those barrels um, for Boutique Whiskey Company. And then also mm-hmm. um, got to do a blend. And they basically said you can blend anything you want. Um, and so I just decided on the day that I'll do a 40-plus um, a Islay blend. So I had to be 40 years or older um, to go into the blend and then um and then just yeah did that and so that was probably the last amazing dram with those two other guys or three other guys um in the room and that was just super fun but it turned out amazingly well but i forgot to write down the fucking proportions <laughs> that was, um, yeah kind of wasted but it was like it was just a memorable one-off never repeated dram yeah, i guess cool. that was the last one i get that was like six months ago or something Oh I I've got I've got another one actually I've got one more. Um it was uh so I was doing some work for Edrington. Um Edrington owns Glenrothes, uh Macallan, Highland Park and a, and a few other ones but uh, we're kind of close with Edrington and they we're doing some um film work for them which a film will come out next year uh, on Highland Park. Um but we were in um, Glenrothes anyway and popped into the distillery, hanging out with the dudes there and just shooting some stuff there. Um, and a memorable dram was in the pub, just the local pub after work and all the um, distillery stuff. Like the guys in like, um, uh, what do they call it where they make do the barrel stuff? Uh, fucking in Cooperage. In the the Cooperage. In the Cooperage, in the Cooperage. They came down to the pub and there was a couple of others that came down to the pub and we ended up having quite a few drams with those guys and a few beers as well. Um, and that was like super awesome. And I guess the dram that really stuck out that night and still, when I drink it now, it still takes me back to that pub. Um, it was a um, Highland Park 12. It was it was just Highland Park 12 and it was great in that context and it's changed that dram for me forever.
1: Yeah. It's it's funny you say that because as soon as you said that I looked to my bar and I've got the yeah the Viking on a Highland Park Twelve it is I, I think it's totally <laughs> money um, yeah it's it's just such a great dream to be honest but uh, uh, you're right though Denver I think the best thing about whiskey for me and it, it can be wine but I think more so whiskey is a time yeah. and place you you often reflect and go back to a, a moment in time that shit, I had this and it was that moment that. I listened to this amazing band, you know, just the pre-drinks or whatever, or, you know, yeah. it could be anything. Um, and I guess I'm going to put Nathan on the spot. Does he have one? Yeah, it's a hard one. Like, I think
2: for me, it's not about the best, I agree with you. It's about the, um, the location. And for me, I got into uh, the first few whiskies that I ever liked uh, yeah. was Belveni. Um, so, um, my missus and I were lucky enough when, um, she was pregnant with my, uh, with my son to do a, a week driving around Scotland. So we went to Belveni. Um, so actually drinking Belveni in Dufftown was like, just, it was crazy, like a surreal experience. Um, and within a five minute drive, you're at, I'm at Cragamore. Or um like I'm gonna go down the road and oh you know what, on the way back to Edinburgh Airport I might do a massive detour and go to Talisker. Um so it's it was just in Scotland, just tasting different things. But for me it's always Belvanny to start.
1: Yeah, and, and you've always said that, Nathan, you know, Belvanny's mm. probably a go to Belvanny double yeah. wood. Um, yeah. you know, for me, I, I guess I lead it towards the Lagerluven sixteen. Um, mm. it's just I you know, it. Oh, I can't move beneath Driver's Lane or Driver's Lane. Do you know that? They yeah, one underground, in yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. I've had a massive, massive
1: night there once. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Nathan has been there as well because um, hmm. Nathan's obviously yep. based in Sydney. But I just one really good work drinks. And you know, the first one you crack open is the 16 and I've, I've, we had a huge night, but I actually remember Nathan saying, it's just too smoky for me at that time. It's like, what was a, yeah. the Balvenie.
0: The, no, the like. Lag- 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 oh yeah. It's such a yeah. great, yeah. great dram. That's one that I keep in stock at home.
1: Yeah. The 16, the 16. Or the 12, which I haven't actually, I
0: don't think I've tried, I've tried the Offerman. Um, and I've mm. tried like a under the table one from um uh John Glasser from Compass Box. He gave me um a six six year old yep. one or something like that. Um yep. but I haven't I don't think I've tried the twelve yet.
1: Yeah, well I supposedly there's a cult, I guess, around it, but um I haven't got okay. either, so it's probably a bit harder to get, but yeah, apparently it's quite good. Um compass box talk to me about it because you have mentioned them on i guess a couple of live chats if you've done um you reckon extremely great value oh man 100 percent.
0: so if you um like in australia it's it's amazing value so if you can get the um, great king street because it's not really public not really fully branded um compass box so i think it is on there on small writing but um yeah definitely buy any of those great king streets so there's a um a cream label one and a red label one and i think I think there's another one. I'm not sure if that's available in Australia, but those two, um, I think they're $44 or something like that. Um, and great. Yeah, bargain. Bargain. Just go and buy them.
2: Yeah, I'm just Googling it now, frantically <laughs> because I've never, I uh, haven't really done much, I haven't heard much about it, but it looks epic alone. Like the labelling,
0: the bottling. Yeah. It'll be in the spot in whiskey yeah. in, Dan, in, in your local Dan Murphy score yeah because people just don't buy it they just don't know what it is it doesn't yeah. look like it doesn't look like much either but um i, I definitely yeah, highly recommend nice.
1: it yeah i've, I've yeah I, I remember vividly you saying that and i was like oh i think i googled it straight away and i was like the artwork on the bottles is amazing um and that's not even tasting yeah. the stuff yet um so I've got a couple of questions. The first one, are, are you for or against blends or are you solely? No, similar? I'm both.
0: Definitely both. I think there's a lot of craft okay. that goes into a great blend, um, a lot more than they, they're they given value for. So like originally um, – so you know the history of blends? Well,
1: I'd love to hear <laughs> it from you. So yeah. blends – so there were <laughs> a lot
0: of whiskies back in the day and there were a lot of single malts. But all these different distilleries would make single malts and then they'd sell it to people like um, – like different supermarkets, and then the supermarkets would have a barrel, uh, and then they'd just like make a bo- bottle out of that barrel, and then sell it to people in the supermarket. They'll go and do their groceries, and then get a bottle of whiskey while they're there. Um, and one of yep. these grocery trains ch- um, chains, like Coles, was um, was Shivers, Shivers, the Shivers Brothers. They had uh, they had mm-hmm. supermarkets, and so they um, they used to get whiskies and then put these whiskies together, and then sell the different bottles in there in the um in the supermarket. So um that's kind of the history of it. And then it became even and that was kind of to mask like really kind of shit single malts, but there were some good single malts. So just they never saw the light of day really. Um, and then single malts eventually well single malts got a lot, lot better. Um and but also the blenders got a lot better. So like people like um David Stewart from Belveni, like you mentioned before. Um, like they, they look at flavor profiles and they look at like, he was the first guy Mm -hmm. to do finishing as well. Um, with the double wood, that's the first ever finished whiskey. So like thinking about how um, bourbon interacts with that particular spirit in that particular climate, and then putting this layer of sherry over the top, like how is that going to work? And there's a lot of science behind it. And then they also like, um, I think it's Colin, um, Colin Dunn or Colin Scott from, um, Shivers. He, um, tastes them at 50, 50% um, by volume water and whiskey. And I think David Stewart takes it down to 23% or something around there with water um, just to taste these things and like really work out the science and the balance and really open up these notes. So I think there's a lot more – there's a lot of skill in that sort of stuff um, doing these blends. And, uh, yeah, I I think you're getting like – with some of these blends like um, from John Glasser, for example, again, Compass Box, Um, He does blends and these blends are exceptional and they wouldn't work. It's like having having a pizza with more than one topping. You're having like, you know, you can get four, you can get an amazing supreme or you can get amazing, I don't know, super supreme, but they have like a whole bunch of different flavors and they work together in harmony. And everyone's focusing on basically a Hawaiian, like, or even... Or any,
1: yeah, boring pineapple. Macaulay Culkin's mm. favourite is cheap pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Um, so, so what's next for you guys now in terms of Denver and Lily? What what are you working on? If there's any secrets or what? What's the next chapter? <laughs> if there's there?
0: any secrets, I wouldn't be saying them. So. <laughs> um. <laughs>
1: We tried exclusives. Well, well, Pete let out an exclusive, so (laughs) might as well try. Well, I
0: mentioned in the previous (laughs) one. In the I did another one uh, in New York, I think, like a few days ago. Um, And I mentioned like we were aiming to have our pinnacle product to be an experience. and so, like we have like all these different bits and bobs on our Instagram, and lots of people like them, and they aspire. It's a marketing thing that you do. You put aspirational images, and then more people follow you because they they want they won't actually do it, but they'll want to do it. And so enough for wanting, they'll just click like. Um, but I, like I'm I'm for celebrating and doing things, actually getting out there and doing stuff. And Lily's exactly the same. Um, like for example, our AGM, like one day of the AGM was on jet skis. Um, so we were, in, yeah, it was, it was pretty, oh. pretty crazy last year. Then we were in Tasmania for the AGM and, um, like nearly a whole day of mountain biking up, up the back of Hobart. Um, so we go out there and do stuff. And I think that like gets the brain going as well as, um, you know, keeps you healthy and all that kind of stuff. And, um, and that, that's part of the reason why the Explorer and the traveler exist Um, Because we want you out there doing stuff, even if it's a road trip or catching up with mates, but you're doing stuff instead of just sitting there watching TV. Um, So the next step for us was this um, experience. And I think we still might do it. I I might do looking at doing a test one, um, potentially in Tasmania in August, um, if it opens up. But basically, you go out there, you know, you go fishing, you might even cook the fish, go and meet the makers, go and hang out with them. Uh, what do you call it, like some of the whiskey guys and in, in their different bars or distilleries, maybe even tie that in with a little bit of four-wheel driving to the top of a mountain and have lunch up there that you partly made, learn how to make some sausages, like hike down some other thing and whatever, like drink whiskey by the seaside that has like some sort of salted notes, like something from um, Highland Park even or um, so, um Yeah, we want. I want to bring it to life a little bit more. Like we have all these products, but they're, um, part of like doing stuff, yeah, part of a bigger, picture, a bigger picture, and like you can yeah. actually go and do it instead of like these, you know, stupid coke ads where they're shooting like a, a water park in the ocean or something like that. Like there's a whole bunch of shit, but these these things like you're actually yeah, going to take, take like, people, actually there. come and do the things that are in the Instagram that we have.
2: Yeah. yeah, clever. That'd be amazing. Did you ever think it would get to the, the level it's at in, what, five, no, man. five years? No, no, no. Like, it's huge. Like, it's it's amazing. Yeah, it's well, so we, did,
0: we never knew this. Like, mm-hmm. I, I had a I had a reasonable job and Lila had a reasonable job as well. And, um, and like, it, it wasn't – we didn't do this to make money. It was never about sort of the money. It was about making a better whiskey glass that we liked – And then maybe, maybe potentially sell a hundred. And if we didn't use them, then sell them, like give them for Christmas presents because it was near Christmas. It was meant to be like thirty five for Lily, thirty five for me, and thirty to be sold separately. um, Outside of that, but it was like, uh, like we both knew that it could be done better. Like surely the Glen Campbell's in the top. Like you know, it's a ten dollar glass. It's saying like there's nothing better than a Toyota Corolla. Well, there is. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Someone hasn't designed it yet. Yeah, you just got to find it. So, and and look, talk to me about um, how you expanded the business. So you, you know, when we caught up at the the fundraiser, you you said that you were living in Mexico City, I believe. Um, So it obviously took a fair commitment on your behalf to ship over and um, live over there and expand the business that way. How did you go about that and what what were Um, the challenges?
0: Well, I it wasn't it wasn't that much of a sacrifice, I don't think, for me. Um, <laughs> no, not. Makes yeah. It was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> so, just yeah, moved over there with the ex-girlfriend at, um, of the time, and um, the plan was yeah to expand the U.S. And so um, yeah, just ended up moving to Mexico. And um, what was it? I can't remember the question now. Just so glad oh, cool. you end up in Mexico. Well, she to yeah, she Spanish to. and I want to expand the business <laughs> and um and Spanish close to the US was Mexico. And so then that's that's what we chose. And so yeah. Ended up um, ended up we never actually made it to Mexico together. We ended up breaking up in the US before we even got there, but yeah. Okay. That's,
1: that's a story fun. for another day. <laughs> exactly. So right now um what's your biggest involvement in the business in terms of so because i see you as the and this is no disrespect to lily but you're a big part of the business from a a face perspective um what's lily doing at the moment and you know are you like the marketing manager obviously director yeah i'm sort of the um
0: director of sales um like a creative director and sales sort of thing um so i do everything sort of yep uh everything front of house so that's what kind of like you'd see me the most so it's everything up until and kind of inclusive of the sale and then lily looks after everything behind that so that's um, logistics quality control manufacturing all of that kind of stuff and then we meet in the middle um probably once a year on um on design and stuff and sometimes like we'll um be working on stuff just remotely so we have like sort of um online management of different things, so different tasks. Um, And in my phone, I also have, I'm just looking at it now, um, a folder of Denver and Lily tools. And in there, we have Xero, Trello, uh, PayPal, Shopify, Google Drive, uh, Sony Image Mobile, um, Square, Authenticator, JotForm, and another thing called Hassle, which is like another task management system. But we can basically do anything from anywhere at any time. And we don't need to be... Next to each other, sort of thing. Quite, quite a new school business. Yeah, I awesome.
1: Well, new world business. Yeah, I yeah, guess now that's it the is. way to go, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So, from a. You obviously know a little bit about, I guess, whiskey wine hustle. Um, Nathan is obviously more the whiskey guy, even though I love yeah. it and drinking it right now. Um, but i also got the separate page, which is something, you know, which is obviously more wine and looking at expanding um, Australian winemakers. Um, so it's a two-part question. Um, are you a massive fan of Australian whiskey? Who is the big up-and-comer? So that, yeah, uh, let's start with that. Oh, so that's controversial.
0: The um, who's the big up-and-comer? Um, of what I've had in the last year. So I'm not very often in Australia, and now I've been here for a couple of months. It's unusual. Yeah. Um yep. Up and comer, up and comer. I would say the one that surprised me the most in the last year was probably the Gospel, um, which is a rivalry um, out of Melbourne. Yeah. Um, for the amount of refinement, it's – it's pretty amazing, if that was in the u s that would blow people away, but I guess there's not really the knowledge um for the appreciation here in Australia, but definitely an amazing amazing whiskey um totally totally go and buy that yeah, for the money it's incredible
1: i think I think it's only two years old if that like in terms of ageing process, I might even be wrong but the, mo- the amount of flavor they're getting through the rye is uh, yeah, totally.
0: Well, the guy that makes it is uh, from North Carolina, Ben, um, and I guess he's got he's got a bit of a background in sort of what is a good rye whiskey from the states, and he's and he's American as well, so it's kind of handy. But um, they could easily sell that for twice that in the US. Yeah, easy. I even yeah, showed easy. it to like the, the head of whiskey back at um, in London. And he, he was, like, super surprised. He couldn't believe that it was for sale at the price that it was for sale at. Like, unbelievable.
1: What are we talking? Is it about 80 Australian? Yeah, something 75 Australian? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 80. Yeah. Ridiculous. In the backstreet. Yeah, that's right. They that's right. It, I yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so the gospel. All right, so uh, with Pete, you know, Whiskey Pete, Pete was saying, have you had Chief Sun?
0: It was called something else before, Um, wasn't it?
1: That I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but they obviously just recently won an age statement award, which is great considering how young they are. So he reckons they're going to win a stack load, and they're based in Central in Victoria, which you'd know. Yep. Um, So it's more of an industrial um, park, and I, I... I actually recommend you head down there, Denver, because they've reopened the tasting room. I'll I'll go down with you um, if you can. Yeah, I'll go. I've I've saved your number, so let's tee that up for sure because um, James is just the, the best bloke and they actually had some guys who were part owners in, I'm going to get this wrong, um, one of the Hobart whiskey companies, I can't think of it, but they were there sampling a, a whole range of, I guess, distills that they had from, yeah. you know, new make onwards. Um, and that's amazing. Uh, so yeah, I'm totally, do totally I'm down, down, but there. they have
0: to be warned um, because I'll just say exactly what I think. And I had a, um, yeah, I had a Corowa the other day, and that didn't go down very well. Well, that's funny because
1: Pete's other one is Corowa, but he reckons they're going to be bigger from a mass production perspective. Yeah, so, yeah, within
2: five years. Yeah, they've
1: got they've got the, the amount of you know product to be bigger yeah. on an international well, I'm scale. Um, um, I think in craft... four
0: weeks or something, um, uh, I'll be up there at the distillery with um, the distributor. Um, and I, I spoke to the distributor today and just said, like, I had one. I was over at Tim Boone about two days or three days ago, um, and um, just sat yep, down with Josh. And then he had a coral on the on the um, on the back bar, and I just said, "Oh man, I haven't tried that yet." So he just gave me a dram of that. No, I was just it, I was like this is weird. Um, yep. But the thing, the weird thing yep. was on the bottle. It didn't say whiskey anywhere on the bottle, and that was like. That was weird. And so I, I spoke to the distri- distributor, which is one of my mates um, back here, and he said, yeah, he hasn't had that one either that didn't say whiskey on it. So I didn't know where that one came from. But... Yeah. no, well, it was properly branded and everything. Or... So, like, I'm, I'm happy to give it another go but before. Um, like, I kind of rode off, like, Hellier's Road Making way children. back, and I haven't gone back to it, like, in, like, sort of five years. So um, I don't want to write off poro yet, but um, I want to try some of their stuff that's actually called whiskey and then make a decision on it. But like the same thing, if I go and see this um, Chiefsons, um, what's it called? Chief? Chiefson. Chiefson. yeah, Alex, Chiefson. Like just be warned, I will say my mind. <laughs> no, yeah. no, no, no. I think that's like, the
1: best way to be though. Yeah. And they want to hear it. They, you're, in, you're in the business, man. You've tasted everything. They want to know. It. But I, I'd be pretty confident you'd be pretty impressed. Okay, cool. But cool. we'll tee that up for sure.
2: Just one last one um, before like we've taken up a fair chunk of your time anyway. More from a business point of view. Obviously, like Nick said, we're, we're much more in the infancy. We started this up uh, just because we... Like drinking and talking about it, um, so we only really kicked things off maybe at the end of last year. Um, what advice would you give around really pursuing that passion or um, kick kicking uh, your as in kicking off? your business off? Yeah, or just what you've done to so um, you pass on to us.
0: I would say, well, the thing is like we did this without any sort of expectation for money or building a business or anything like that. It was just whenever we did any work on it, it just didn't feel like the time was passing. Like uh, it, 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 like you wouldn't notice the time passing. Um, and I think that's probably the key to knowing that you're on the right path. Um, yeah. You know, like when you went to a party as a kid and then all of a sudden you get dropped off and then you, your parents are already there to pick you up. Like, and that's, that's when you know you're doing the right thing. You're having the best time of your life and it doesn't feel like work. And so that's when you know. Like, if there's still some hard yards that definitely go into it and they continue to. And, like, I'll answer emails all the way up until when I go to sleep and the first thing I do when I get up, I have to go through all the Instagram and everything. Um, but it's not – but it's kind of on my terms, you know. Like, when, when I was uh, younger um, – Like five years ago, like I I had a pretty decent job and I'm getting paid a decent decent wage, getting paid more than I I do now. Um, And I guess every – all of my effort that went into that, like if you think about it, I put in, say, a dollar's worth of effort, but I would get 20 cents of that back. Now, I earn less money, but every Mm. dollar of effort I put in, I get a dollar back. Um, and I think there's something that really changes yeah. in your sort of happiness or your perspective in life. Um, and maybe I can't I can't afford that, you know, that big house in in Malvern or Taurak or whatever. Uh, but I, I'm I'm happier. Yeah. I'm yeah. certainly a lot happier, and that, that's fine with me. So as long as as long as you're not feeling the time, so, and you you're going to that kids party when you were young, pretty much um, regularly, then you know you're on the right path. Um, and then also another bit of advice would be definitely seek advice um, from people around you. People are so happy to help. Um, you just got to ask. A lot of people are kind of like, I don't know if it's too proud or like just too shy or whatever. But definitely ask for help, and and people are willing to help and give you advice.
1: Yeah, awesome. Perfect. Awesome. Man. So final question, um, and I guess it's going on from what you just said, and then pretty much what we took from Pete last week, which was actually quite inspirational in some regards. So, would you agree that it's more important to do something that's fulfilling than work for a paycheck? (laughs) I I know the answer, but that was what we discussed last week. So, you've just said, basically, you weren't, you know, you're probably working for a bit less now, but you're obviously, I'm assuming you're saying you're more Yeah, totally, mate. 100%. percent you just got to do
0: it. And I know, like, a lot of people have different situations, like, with mortgages or responsibilities or kids or whatever, Um, and it might not be, well, it isn't as easy to make that sort of jump really, unless you have like a partner or something or um, that has like a really decent income to like just, you know, just back you. Um, And not everyone can do it, but if you can in some way, and for example, Lily has three kids, uh, two kids, sorry, (laughs) surprise. Um, No, he has two kids. And um, and he kind of took this as a side, a side gig, and, it's, and he's still doing it kind of as a side gig because he needs to, you know, still pay for a household and all that kind of stuff and bills and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. But he did it. Like, you can do it on the side and then try and build it that way. It's a slower way of doing it, but um, definitely give it a crack. Like, you don't want to live in regret.
1: And I think that's 100%. that's uh, two podcasts in a row that we've heard that message and it and no, but it's good because it makes us think about um our own situation as well. May um, I and that's really one more thing, and I just showed it in the car from... on the way back,
0: and it was on the back of another podcast, but um yep. it's on my I'll actually I'll post it in the um Denver and Liley Instagram in the stories, but um there's a podcast mm. on it saying um why why time speeds up as you get older. Um and just just have a listen to that podcast and maybe then maybe that will be a little bit of extra um encouragement to you know get get your skates on
1: yeah have a go yeah awesome well jenny you've been awesome and i really appreciate all your time um and outside of this, I'm going to text you. We'll tee up that Chiefs on tasting because I'm a firm believer in them as well. So we'll do that. But, mate, thank you so much for joining Nathan and I tonight. It's been a privilege for us. And um, your story is actually, you know, really inspirational. Five years to have a business the way you thanks, do. Thanks, mate. Thanks, thanks for having there. me on
0: as well. Great to be yeah. on. Um, well, I'm mate, due to be up, up in, in Sydney as soon as the border's open. So I've got to catch up with a few people up there. They want to do a tasting. Um, and so, yeah, I'd have to obviously stay the night because I'd be hammered. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine, mate. That's yes. easy. i got space. That's no That's worries. Thanks, now. guys. Thank you
1: again, Denver. <laughs> Bye. Thank you. See you, mate. Cheers.